0: Rugby League lovers, thanks for joining us for another episode of your Friday footy news fix. I'm Zach Bailey from NRL.com, lucky enough to be joined once again by the great Dan Walsh, one of our leading journalists for NRL.com. Dan, how's things, mate?
1: I'm good, mate. Yeah, another episode. We did get caught. It took a while. It took us two two weeks to get back on, but yeah, we managed to convince the bosses to spare us what the... 50 50 cents worth of broadband to get this going again. So good stuff.
0: Yeah, there were a couple of things over the past couple of weeks that were out of our control, but we are back. We're recording at 12.30 on Friday. Only a couple of hours uh, until Friday, not footy. Cannot wait. Uh, Plenty going on in the contract and uh, player movement world again, Dan. Not as crazy as it was a couple of weeks ago when we last met, but Parramatta's very public contract talks again surrounding their skipper, Clint Gutherson, why are his negotiations always played out so publicly?
1: It'd be a fair question for Gutho and his camp and also Parramatta to be asking, mate. Right? Uh, I don't know. It tends to... There does seem to be patterns sometimes with some managers or some clubs and how that kind of goes. But, um, you yeah, know, potentially it, it is a tactic for when things go public to try and manoeuvre, you know, the negotiations along. Uh, I think what plays a part here is um, Parramatta, they're pretty hardball as far as negotiations go in the last couple of years because, yeah, and we've seen it with Mitch Moses, Gutho before, Nathan Brown. The deals do eventually get done. These blokes all do end up pretty signing. It just does take a little bit longer. And I think that's because no one no one at Parramatta wants to go back to the bad old days. You know, the start of Brad Arthur's tenure there where uh, – you know, they were paying overs, they were getting fleeced. You know, it, things just weren't working on the roster-wise. And then, um, yeah, in terms of how they do it, it changes at every club. But, yeah, I think Parramatta has been cautious for a while now in terms of, in terms of how they negotiate things. And, uh, yeah, for Guthos to be so dominant, um, mate, it's, I don't know, it just keeps coming up, doesn't it, every couple of years? Well, yeah. And he, you, my, you know, my view you've of, worked alongside Gutha as well yeah
0: what do you think yeah. well my, my view is is the they've got to learn from their lessons like this and this is both parties you said his manager and he, him um, or whether it be the club like I don't care where this contract talk about a million dollars or what not this these figures are coming from but essentially it cost him a blues jersey a couple of years ago. And Bradfield mm. spoke about that when he was selecting a side. He said he doesn't want any of this drama. And it basically cost him a spot. And it, and it impacted on Parramatta's form. Now, I'm not saying it's a coincidence of where Parramatta are at right now because they've had a tough run. It seems to happen every year. You know, they fall off the cliff at the back end of the year. But they're just the fact that it's out again, I mean, like surely going to these meetings, there's got to be trust from the manager and the club to keep things quiet. I think Cooper Cronk hit the nail on the head the other day that this mm. doesn't happen – at good clubs, doesn't matter where it comes from, but you don't treat your skipper and your star player like this. So let's get back to it. Gutho's signed with the Eels for next year.
1: Where do you think this plays out? Uh, I think it, I think you'll see Gutho there beyond next year as well. I can't see him leaving uh, because I think both parties are more or less a million dollars. I think everyone accepts that he's not in that tier of player, but he's not too far off it either. I reckon they'll end up on the same page eventually. Uh, it is just one of those things that will bubble along whether, whether they want it to or not, because that's just the nature of the news cycle at the moment. Uh, They're certainly not the only club in that boat. Penrith's got just as many coming off contract, but yeah, you know, the better clubs, they do it better. And uh, there's certainly some frustration there at Parramatta. Uh, Brad Arthur spoke this morning uh, for the first time since all this stuff blew up and, B.A., yeah, he, he normally plays things pretty close to his chest, but uh, yeah, he came out swinging today on a couple of things, on Gutho and where, where the leech was supposedly coming from, dismissed it, said, look, it's not an issue, it's not something we discuss internally as a playing group, it's, you know, the way these things happen, But and he was also very forthright on his own future, Um Yeah, and it was quite refreshing. You know, there wasn't a cliche in it. It was, uh, again, BA is pretty straight up and down. And he said, uh, look, we've lost a couple of games. Winning changes everything and takes away some of the noise. But he pointed to the fact they're fourth on the table. And he said, look, there's 12 teams that would like to be us that are below us. It's crazy. And the words were, it's crazy that we're talking about my future. And I think he probably sees that as an extension further across the, the, everything that comes up there uh, in terms of, you know, Gutho being in the spotlight, uh, how many of their blokes they're going to keep long-term. And, uh, yeah, it's just a case of... It's a little bit symptomatic at Parramatta, but I think they've proven this year that the things do tend to work themselves out on that contract front. Uh, they just approach it a bit differently, and, it, and because of that, it kind of gets played out a bit more. And they're also a big club with plenty of interest in them. Uh, a 35-year premiership drought, all of that builds pressure. Yeah, 100%. Um, Brad Arthur's future, is it genuinely under threat, though?
0: Because you you did say there that 12 other teams would love to be in their position, but 15 other teams would also love to be where the Melbourne Storm are right now. And Parramatta's window, how long it's going to be open for, nobody knows at this point. But you dare say that it's closer to closing than it is uh, staying open, potentially, over the next Mm. couple of years. Is is there any truth to the reports or rumours that if they don't
1: make a prelim final, then Brad Arthur's out the back door? I'd say he's not under threat at the moment. I'd say he's under pressure. But yeah, if it is another straight sets uh, exit, which we've seen, I think, three or four, they've made the finals three out of the past four years under him. But yeah, it has been straight sets exits. If it repeats, there will be some, it'll be forensically analysed and Right. We haven't seen anything yet in terms of the noise and the speculation around it, but I'd still be stunned if they if it got to the point where it was decided it was untenable. Just and I think it's been pointed out, but I think for the most part, as much as who replaces him, what's the better option in the market? Because, yeah, that's the danger of, you know, moving someone on too early. Banking on a Wayne Bennett or a Shane Flanagan, I'd have Flanagan... Yeah, in the same basket, I guess on on about the same level as Arthur, but I'd probably back BA given what he's set up there and all the rest of it. And in terms of Wayne, he keeps insisting he's going home to Queensland, and uh, who knows with the <laughs> with him, he's uh, he's got the runs on the board to do what he wants. And uh, yeah, it is as is often said, it's just Wayne's world. We're all living in it. But yeah. at this stage, I'd be very surprised if anything happens with BA before his contract lapses at the end of twenty two. Ain't that the
0: truth? We're living in Wayne's world. There's no doubt about that. What about uh, Isaiah Papali'i? He's probably been, well, arguably, if not the best by the year, given he came across from the Warriors. He was a bit of a bench player there. And basically, Brad Arthur hasn't been able to put him back to the bench. He has yeah. to start him nearly every week, given his form. Uh, will he be an eel long-term?
1: Uh, certainly, they'd certainly like him to be, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so, Isaiah, he's not just the buyer of the year, he's the bargain buyer of the year. He's come across on yeah, no more than 150K and he's played like a $500,000 plus player. So, that's one of the factors that's got to go into it. Uh, I'd Again, I'd be surprised if he moves on, uh, but you never know. Someone, you know, there are desperate clubs out there, there is cash, it could be tossed his way, but I think. From discussions I've had with with Isaiah and uh, and to uh, I guess to preempt it, they've also parked discussions for the moment. Uh, just given the way the club's sitting, it's a mutual thing, it, and it hasn't been as played out as Guthos. But it's just, a, yeah, we'll leave this be for the moment. The club's under a bit of pressure. It's Isaiah's first final series. Let's come back before November one, which is a smart way to do it, uh, and. Yeah, he'll be looking at an upgrade, absolutely. But I think he, given he's found form, no one really thought he was capable of at Parramatta. I'd be surprised if he walks away from that so quickly. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. And then uh, another one who's coming come at that lower tier and probably played above what was his expectations, Bryce Cartwright. Uh, Bryce has signed a two-year deal. That's uh, just this week. Yet to be announced, but, uh, yeah, that's one that is locked away. So, yeah, there are things happening in Parramatta's roster, just uh, not at that top end. One thing I
0: will say, Bryce Cartwright, yes, exceeded expectation given uh, the way he left the Gold Coast Titans. But I must say that there's still that rocks and diamonds factor about him. Some days he pulls off all the big plays. Other days, if I was a coach, I'd bloody hook him. (laughs) Anyway, we've got to move on. The rebuild, of the, Broncos, yep, keep cracking. <laughs> the rebuild of the Broncos continues. Dave Donaghy has come in as the new CEO, has basically given Kevin Walters the keys to the club. How different will their roster look in the next, say, 12 to 24 months from where it, or how it looked at the start of this year? Because there's all, already been players that have moved on. Tamita Panglai Jr. Oh. at Lodge. There's so much talk about, you know, Brody Croft this week. News he's off to the Super League. Um, and
1: I, I dare say this won't be the end of it. No, no. Well, that's the thing, mate. They're firing on all fronts. Even Like, we're recording at, what is it, midday on a Friday. Another re-signing just this morning. Young fella, Xavier Willison. Big, big, um, big raps on him as a young prop. I think he's about the 17th re-signing they've had since Kevy officially took over on November 1, since that financial year rolled over. Yeah, well, more than half a dozen signings. Uh, they've obviously got Adam Reynolds and Kurt Capel coming in. But uh, the biggest moves, as you said, moving on guys like Matt Lodge, Davida Pangai, Brody Croft. Uh, by last count, I think they were up to nine early releases already on those contracts. Like that's pre- that's certainly unprecedented in Brisbane's history. And it's pretty much up there as well in far as far as NRL goes. So uh, they're certainly paying a lot of freight on these guys over the next year or two. Uh, and it's just seen as a bit of a necessary evil. So because they had to realign that salary cap that was so out of whack with big deals for, for big forwards and big name players that just weren't performing where it goes in the next 12 to 24 months. Uh, they're basically done for 22. They're looking at an experience forward, which has been well and truly around for a while. And then for 2023, I think you'll see them probably target one or two marquee men, um, Joey Manu, the latest and probably the biggest name in that uh, in that twenty twenty three roster, you know, of the guys who were coming off contract then, uh, and I think you'll see Brisbane go large for probably a couple of pieces to really fill out what they've got because they've got a fantastic young forward pack. They just want some experience to add to it, and then probably some strike power. Um, yeah, so it's very interesting to see they've made some massive moves already, and uh, I think the bulk of it is done for the moment, but also, results will dictate that as well. It might be, you know, if they go on a bit of a losing run next year, they might go, well, hang on. No, we need to reshape again. It's, uh, it's the nature of a rebuilding club. Dan, two things i
0: take out of that. Uh, we've heard they've got a great young forward pack. We've heard that for the last three or four years and it looks very different to what it did three or four years ago. And the second thing, join the line if you want jo- Joey Manu because everybody <laughs> else in the NRL wants him as well. One final one of the Broncos... Will Kevy be given the time to see out this rebuild? Because so many coaches in the past, here you go, here's two years. Oh, sorry, you're not the man to move it forward. Thanks for making the
1: changes. See you later. Uh, yeah, mate, it would be a brave, brave move if that did eventually happen. But I think just because given Kevin's status at the club and all those moves, signing up for another, another change that inevitably comes with another coach, I'd be very surprised if that happens. From what uh, it gathered, a little bit of traction this this week, probably driven by the media more than anything. But uh, questions I asked suggested that there will be a sit down at the end of the year. Naturally, you know, going over a coach's first twelve months, and yeah, given all that upheaval in the roster, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't get another another year to go. So he's off contract next year. Uh, I'd be very surprised if Kevin's not there in twenty twenty three. Just to kind of see this through and really get a crack to work with uh, yeah, all these new signings and all this young talent. A couple other things we've got to race through here
0: on your Friday footy news fix, Dan, uh, unwanted or wanted utilities? Moses Enbye came out earlier this year and said, look, I'm going to leave the club uh, a year early. Um, I don't want to you know, hold up too much of their salary cap playing off the bench, et cetera. It was a bold move. Will it pay off or will it backfire?
1: Mm. I don't think it can hurt. I think Moses is... One of the blokes at the Tigers that could well and truly do with a change of scenery. Whether the Dragons is where it will all come together with him for him, I really don't know. But uh, I think as far as the clubs go, it fits the bill in terms of the Dragons are made a habit of signing players where their contract, you know, a bit of portion of their contract is paid for by their previous club. The Tigers will do that. I think it's more or less a split down the middle, so about 400 450 each for that. Uh, yeah, whether it works out, I, I really just don't know. Uh, um, but yeah, a change, you know, a change is what's needed for Moses at the moment. So yeah, the, the Dragons deal and the move for 2022, expected to be signed off uh, early next week. And where will he play with the dragons next year? I think it's genuinely looking at a bench utility. They just got they've got a lot of options out, out wide where Moses probably does do some of his best work. Uh, They've got some young halves coming through. So I think that's where they see their scrum base going alongside Ben Hunt. And then the number nine, Andrew McCulloch's there. So I think he will be filling a utility role, which, yeah, might be the best way Moses is used. Uh, It really is an interesting, it's certainly one to keep an eye on. And I think the other really interesting thing is Jack Bird and how he fits in there because he's a bloke who can fill four or five different positions and like Moses, probably hasn't worked out his best one yet. Yeah, 100%. Uh, what about uh, Connor Watson? Will he remain a
0: knight or will he be returning to the Roosters?
1: Yeah, in terms of uh, Connor's a very interesting one. He's got – they're expecting a decision on that as well in the next couple of days. Probably they played the Sharks on Sunday. Big game, you know, in terms of both clubs. Uh, I think after that, they're hoping to have something better down on Connor's future because it's dragged on a little bit. Uh what I know is there's a three-year deal from the Knights on the table, which is, it's a decent, that's a decent uh, length of terms, uh, you know, probably more than I think most people expected. So I think that a little bit of added security uh, at this stage has the Knights sitting all right for him. Uh, the cha- you know, what could change it is if the Roosters or a team like the Tigers do come in harder with something, you know, something of a similar length. but. Yeah, at this stage, I think the three years from Newcastle would have him would have them well placed to keep him there. Uh, which is probably the right way to go. I think uh very popular player, very talented player, mate, very good mates with Kalen Ponger. Uh yeah, ticks a few boxes there, but yeah, we'll wait and see because that one has kicked along for a little bit and there's not a hell like it's certainly no certainty, but I think the Knights are still right to keep him. Yeah, well the big news if he left Newcastle would be who Kalen Ponga's new roommate
0: would be? I mean, they're everywhere, <laughs> all over social media. Those two, they're hand in hand, hold each other's pockets, go down, and get a coffee together. They train together. Anyway, we've got to push on. Uh, Will <laughs> Chambers has been in the headlines for his on-field conduct the last yeah. couple of weeks. He's been he's brought sledging back into the headlines. Uh potentially, a while, hasn't it? Yeah. Potentially the best since. What, Justin Hodges or someone along those lines? He was always great at getting under players' skin. Uh, whether you like it or not, uh, do the Sharks like it? Will his mouth cost him a contract extension with Cronulla?
1: To answer straight up, no. I don't think that will cost him a contract extension. I think he's formed, though. I think they might be looking at it going, Will's 33. He had. He was looking yeah, pretty handy when he first came back. And they do love the influence he has in terms of bringing some of that famous Storm culture off-field, uh, yeah, Will has had a good influence there. But I think on-field, I think he's 33 years starting to show a little bit. He's struggling to keep up in, in some defensive areas. And Will Chambers at his prime, he was a great defensive centre. But I think, yeah, he might just be, yeah, starting to show a little bit. And I think that will, co- will count against him as much as anything as far as another year. He's, uh, he's been dropped for this week. And Josh Hannay's has come out and said it was due to form. But uh, yeah, and it, to be honest, I don't see Craig Fitzgibbon liking the sledging and all that sort of stuff either. So I don't see Will being re-signed next year. Uh, the other element in it is um, Sharks have expressed interest in Braden Burns as well previously. Uh, I'm not sure if that's progressed, but what I do know is um, Seats have tabled an offer to keep Braden, but it's only for one year. And so I don't think that's... That's certainly not well and truly across the line there at all. I think Braden Burns and his camp, they're going to look around if there's only one year on the table from south. So there's a centre option for the Sharks if they look elsewhere from Will Chambers as expected.
0: All right, Dan, uh, before we wrap things up, big news for NRL.com and all of our loyal uh, viewers and visitors to our site. So it's time for the NRL fan poll. So we're asking everybody to... uh, It drops today... It drops this afternoon. Uh, we want everybody to tell us who the best player coach has been, who's going to win the Dalian medal, the best buyer, the best rookie, whether the NRL needs to introduce transfer windows, the performance of the bunker this year. Geez, I can't wait to see uh, what is said there. Um, when Origin should be their favourite commentator. Unfortunately, there's not their favourite NRL.com uh, reporter here because we know you would absolutely smash that category out of the ballpark. I enjoy being able to buy votes. Democracy works. I'll just say that, mate. Yeah, of course. But there is one very interesting one, and I, I feel like the answer from the last couple of years may have changed in this category. If you were starting a new club, Dan, who's the first player you'd sign and why? Mate, I love this
1: question. Uh, I, I'd like to start my own club just for fun. It's yeah, I love. Yeah, good luck recruiting some room. big names to your club. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate. I I thought about this and I reckon if it's a Queensland club, as expected, I think Cam Munster. I think, uh, you know, having that Queensland face, he's a bloke. And I think, but the main thing is having done some stories around how you do this, uh, you've got to go with someone who's proven because we've seen the pressure on marquee players is immense. And uh, like a guy like Sam Walker, as good as he is, he's only, and you know, you do have 12 years with him. uh, I think you're better off going with someone who has done it at the highest level repeatedly, can handle the pressure and the expectation. Cameron Munster, not too much phases him as long as, uh, you know, keeps his feet to himself. But um, yeah, I'd be going for Cam and, you know, someone to really head up that sort of Queensland flavour. What about yourself, mate?
0: Well, it's hard. It's it's between two players. It's, between Tom Trabojevic and Nathan Cleary. Tom Trabojevic, injury plagued, but still only 24. He's not 25 until the end of this year. Uh, I dare say I'd have to go with Nathan Cleary because the form he's shown this year um, with the Panthers, the form he showed last year, I, I remember when he re signed with the Panthers, everyone questioned whether he would live up to the tag of you know, the million dollar player mm. or whatnot, or is he just re signing because his dad's there? But he, he looks like he is worth every cent of it. And a number seven is hard. to A good number seven, a great number seven is very hard to find in the modern game. The fact he's still only 23, people keep forgetting mm-hmm. that because he's been around for so long. Like Cooper Cronk, his prime was post-30. So you, you're yeah, talking about I... Nathan Cleary. If he goes to a club, you've got maybe eight to 10 years with him as your centre figure. Uh, and the way he plays the game, I, I just love – I love everything about him. He's composed. Um, he's he's proved the doubt is wrong. Uh, don't get me wrong. Cam Munster, also love him as a player. Um, but I'd hate to be the coach of him, trying to keep him under wraps. Whereas Nathan, <laughs> relatively clean-skinned, the Prince of Penrith, uh, keeps things down the line, apart from TikTok, which he hasn't been on uh, for the past 18 months or so. All right. Uh, that poll is open until Smart next man. Season. Yes. <laughs> Um and what what's the link to what's the your what's your TikTok handle just for our listeners?
1: <laughs> oh mate, wouldn't even wouldn't even know where to find it. No, neither would I. Um and nor poll, should you. No. no, 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 no way. Uh
0: the fan poll uh, is open until next Wednesday, August 18. And to wrap things up, Dan, Walsh's words of wisdom, last time we spoke, you said the nights. Uh, are done when it came to Fitzgibbon and Watson re-signing and uh, I haven't seen that confirmed by the club uh, mate, maybe maybe check with the club on that
1: one because uh, Fitzy is well and truly across the line yep <laughs> um, but as I said Watson yeah mate we'll see what happens there uh, anyway noise around Viliami Kikau he's on the back page today uh, yeah, the Dragons weighing up an offer a, a, a large offer for him when he comes off contract as of November one. Mate, uh, no surprise, but I expect uh, the Cowboys to be coming in just as hard, if not leading that pursuit. uh, Yeah, in the next, if Penrith don't tie him up in the next couple of months, I don't think that's going to happen. But the Cowboys link there, that's where Villiarmi started. Uh, Phil Gould was pretty instrumental in bringing him down from Townsville to the Panthers. And yeah, up north, that one's never really quite sat right, especially given the way kicked on. So I would be, I, I'll, I'll see the Cowboys coming in pretty hard for him. Uh, yeah, when that contract kind of heats up, a
0: man in demand. We'll have to wait and see. I don't think we'll have an answer on that by next Friday, but hopefully sooner rather than later, <laughs> there's some news on Villiamy Kickow's uh, future. Yeah. Dan, thanks so much uh, once again. Enjoy your weekend of footy.
1: Likewise, likewise
0: always. That's great to see crowds back at the footy this weekend. I cannot wait for the Eagles against the Seagulls Saturday night, 7.35, the end of a Super Saturday. To all our listeners, thank you for joining us. Stay safe, enjoy the footy, and we'll be back again next week.